Four Finger Discount is brought to you today by Podbean, the podcasting app that not only allows you to record on the go, but also upload from anywhere in the world on your mobile device. The Podbean app makes it simple to get started with podcasting. No expensive equipment required. All you need is an idea and Podbean does the rest. So download the Podbean app now for your Apple or Android device and enjoy the freedom of mobile podcasting. Mom! Hey, Lisa! What's up? I just had a bad dream. Oh, sure. You just lie down and tell me all about it. Well, I know it's absurd, but I dreamed the boogeyman was after me, and he's... Ah! Boogeyman! You nail the window shut! I'll get the gun! Ah! Art, I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman in the house! What happened here? Oh, nothing, Marge. Just a little incident involving the boogeyman. Of course, none of this would have happened if you had been here to keep me from acting stupid. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore. Facebook page, nohomers.net, popculture.com.au and Podbean. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Are we, we, what? Well, are we going to get the football out of the way early? Well, I didn't even see what happened here. So you have to... We're here to review Springfield or how I learned to stop worrying and love legalized gambling. Mm-hmm. Mitch sent me a message saying, since the Cats defeated the Hawks this week, yep. you get to make me do something. Well, yeah. So someone... Um, I, I could find it on Twitter, but it, it was, was a, Twitter, a, was a while it? Okay. ago. So someone was wondering whether or not there was going to be some sort of bet... Uh, or, or punishment for the loser of the um, loser of the team. I think they said that they wanted a Podbean exclusive bet, and I said that there will be some form a of Patreon. Sorry, a Patreon exclusive um, bet, and I said that we'll organise some form of punishment for whoever loses. Yeah. Now I said that without your knowledge, and I was really hoping that Geelong were going to lose, so then I could go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dando, but you're committed. But it turns out that I've lost. So basically, the Cats won convincingly. Yeah, and I suggested to you that I get you to eat. 86 slices of 86 American slices cheese. 86 slices of American because cheese. Because they 86 points. Yeah. And I suggested to you that that might kill me. But <laughs> I, I'll go this. A couple episodes ago, we were talking about Urban Dictionary definitions of our name. Yep. And Mitch, one of the best ones that I came across was that Mitch was a hamburger-eating beast. I will go to McDonald's. You can bring the camera. I will attempt to eat 14 cheeseburgers, one for every goal that Hawthorne lost by. <laughs> That's a <word. laughs> In 15 minutes. I was going to say 11 for every gold Geelong kit in the last quarter, but I'll take 14. 14. 14 <laughs> cheeseburgers will be thrown down on video for Patreon. In how short of a time? 15 minutes. That's too long, man. One a per- minute. One every 30 seconds. Uh, cheeseburgers. Two but, bikes. And they're gone. Two yeah, bikes. but you've got to figure I'm going to slow down by the time I get to like 10 or something. And if you're going to want me to talk in between and provide some funny commentary. I reckon you'll smash them down in five minutes. No I have way. faith in you. Well, I appreciate the faith, but I'm giving <laughs> I'm giving myself 15 minutes for so, occasional water breaks and witty remarks. Sweat breaks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you want to see Mitch... I need a towel, boy. Eat 14 cheeseburgers in under 15 minutes. Subscribe to us on Patreon. Only costs you, what, $2? Uh, 
Yeah, it's yeah. less than the cheeseburgers, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so, patreon.com forward slash four finger discount. Plus, there's plenty of other exclusive content we're going to be doing. Still got our movie review for the month, our top 10 for the month coming up, and plenty of mm-hmm. other exclusive content. So, patreon.com slash four finger discount. Our top 10 this month is going to be top 10 travels or trips of this, of Springfield. Every, so, every time they'd left Springfield. Basically, yeah, the, our favorite places they've gone to outside of Springfield. I'm going to say which one of my, what one of mine is, mm-hmm. just to confirm that it's okay. Cape Fear. Yeah, of course. Cool. Why would it not be? I don't know. I thought you meant like another country or... No, no, no. Okay. No, one of mine's going to be Capital City. Okay, perfect. Yep, that's a good idea. So, Springfield or how twice. I learned to stop worrying... Capital City twice. And love legalized gambling. A very long title. Mm-hmm. Very annoyingly long title. But what do you think of the episode? This is a great episode. Um, I mm. really, really... I've, I've been looking forward to watching this um, probably since we started doing this season. This has okay. always been one of my favorites. And it's one of those ones that made a lot more sense to me as I got older with the Mr. Burns subplot going crazy, turning into Howard Hughes. Um, because before I'd seen The Aviator, I, as a kid, I was like, why the hell is Mr. Burns wearing tissue boxes on his feet and talking about model aeroplanes? And then it made more sense once I was an adult. How great is Harry's delivery as Mr. Burns is dwindling to insanity? Yeah. <laughs> It's really done well. Get these Kleenex boxes off my feet. Even though, even now, I still like. There's no discernible reason that I'm aware of that they did it. Like, there's no tie-in at all. They no. just went. Well, he's an eccentric billionaire. Let's let's let him go. And it's funny because I believe Howard Hughes uh, is it Howard Hughes. Yeah, his plane was one of the biggest of its time. Yeah, so yeah, it's it was obviously the, the smallest. Yes, yeah. yeah well, that's that's very true. But the um, yeah. So the Hercules, um, the precursor to it's still used now, the Hercules. But they wanted to come up with a plane that could transport troops and cargo and, and pl- other vehicles and all that sort of thing, which back then was unheard of. Wasn't it all wood as well? It was largely wood, yeah, to be light enough to get off the ground. Not going to work. <laughs> well, we've got them now. Really? The Hercules, yeah. Made of wood? Well, no, probably they're not made of wood. <laughs> That's what I mean, made of wood. Technology's come further. <laughs> <laughs> I, in regards to the episode, I love the fact that they used Marge to emphasize how it impacts your family because Marge is usually mm. the one that is the least likely to get sucked into something. Yep. And they emphasize that when they're at the town meeting. And she's, you know, they turn to her thinking that she's going to be against it. I love the way they used Marge in this episode. I thought she was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great use of her. And, you know, when you say you thought she was great, not in what she was doing, but in the way she... Yeah. Yeah. The, the way, the way she she's used. the one that she's becomes... not normally compulsive. F- yeah, exactly. And it, Like, if it can taint her, then it can hit anybody. Well, everybody else is tainted. She was like the one of the last yeah. ones in Springfield that wasn't. Exactly. Everyone else is already corrupted in that town. Visually, did you notice that Homer's head was a weird shape throughout this episode? I didn't notice that. I did notice one really weird moment when Nelson looked like a duck. Yes, when he's singing Jingle Bells yeah. and he's in the crowd. Yeah, he's got like a bill. Yeah, it's really weird. But overall, a fantastic episode. So, some trivia. Mm-hmm. I've got plenty this week. Okay, I'll good. kick things off. Okay. What did the sign say in the cart that the dog pulled along in the opening video there. Uh, Try and put two and two together. What was he doing? I'm pulling for Springfield. That's it. Now, Yeah, okay. I thought that was actually the... Um, name of the video? <laughs> no, I thought that was the voiceover that happened there. What okay. was on the number of the train in that video that comes rushing towards the, the television? Family? Yeah. I had no idea. Number 49. 49. Okay, is that a reference to anything? Not that I'm aware of, okay. but the train itself is. I will cover that when we get into the actual review. Cool. Look forward to it. I love the fact that we teach each other things. <laughs> What are the names of the films playing at the cinema as it transitions into the shit Springfield with the, Grandpa and Jasper? The cinema that they walk out of or the porno cinema that they... Porno cinema, yeah. Uh, sperms of Endearment yes. and I'll Do Anyone. Yes. Yes. Now, do you know what, why that's funny? Well, Terms of Endearment obviously was a film. A film that's somehow related to The Simpsons? Uh, who's in Terms of Endearment? And I'll Do Anything 
which is I'll Do Anyone's parody of, both directed by James L. Brooks. Ah, well, there you go. But I'll Do Anything was not released yet. It came out in 94, but obviously they knew that he was working on it at the yeah. time. Oh, Jeff Daniels is in terms of Endearing. Mm. Now I'm picturing him in porn. That's upsetting me. <laughs> not a bad thing. I'll Do Anything could, could do worse. I've, I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually heard of, so there you go. How many teeth are left in the head of the army general after the bomb test? Three? Yeah, three. Oh, Hold on. Just guess. How many recessions has Burns lived through? Uh, four. Three times as many. Twelve. Okay. What was the other thing that he lived through? Some, um, I can't remember. Something nomics. It was a play on Reaganomics. What, what um, business is next to the cinema when Jasper and Grandpa walk out? Back so when, when they it was walk still, out of. When it was still in the past, yeah. Oh, I remember reading it. Can't think of it. What is it? It's a vinegar parlor. Vinegar parlor. Do you think they existed? I don't know. Like, they'd would do you have really to, well in England? They'd would, like vinegar. On would their you chips. have to bring in your own onions to drop in jars, and then you, <laughs> you have, and then you come back two weeks later to eat them? So like, you've got it's like a, uh, a safety deposit a box. Slow of roast vinegar. cooker. Yeah. <laughs> what training does Barney have? Five. Uh, I'm yeah, worried. Five, yeah. five years classical, four years tap, five years modern dance, modern dance, yeah. damn. And four years of tap. Six years of tap. Six years of tap. There we go. I knew it was one either side yeah, of the yeah. five. What industries caused the collapse of the economy? So the ones that were in the film? So there's car... Oh. No, 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 no. So after Fort Springfield closes. Oh, the... What ones were impacted by it? Yeah, which, uh, which it, caused the economy to collapse. The hookers and... Prostitution. Yeah. And liquor. Liquor, yes. <laughs> where are British waitresses from? Where are, the, where are they from? The one that was going to be oh. part of the casino? No, I've got no idea. Sussex. Sussex, no, okay. Yes, yeah, streets of Sussex, yeah. What year was Homer on the Gong Show? Nineteen seventy-seven. Yes. <laughs> just it's two that you just plucked from thin air. Homer and Barney got this is a reference. Homer and Barney got more gongs than who? Um, Carrot Top. Breakdancing the breakdancing robot that caught on fire. Ah, uh, yeah. Carrot Top obviously would not have been around in seventy-seven. Yes. Before you write in, I know that. I just wanted to <laughs> take a pot shot at him. Um, here's one for you from the opening credits. Okay. So, not from the episode, but something that I spotted for the first time watching this Opening episode. Intro. When Homer runs out of the way of the car and runs into the home, mm-hmm. what is on the wall in the garage? You know, you've seen it a million times, but you don't mm. even think of it. Is it a bike? No. What is it? Oh, my, oh, there might, no, there's not. Um, on the left of the door is like a wall safe. There's like a little hidden compartment type thing that's, I presume, a wall safe. There is a little, couldn't be a cupboard because it's a flush against the wall. There you go. I wonder if anyone listening actually knew that. said millions of times that I've seen that. And the first time, I'm like, hey, there's a thing there. That's cool. What three things can kids bet on at Bart's Casino? There was one shot where they were doing something. They were betting on craps, I think it was. And there was three odds um, on the wall. Okay, so Krabappel to have a nervous breakdown. That's it. Yep, one. Bart to get his own TV show. That was 1,000 to 1. Um, Krabappel was 2 to 1. I don't remember what the middle option was. Uh, Fat Kid Popular. Ah, right. Okay. And you got no more questions? I've got one final okay, one cool. that you're not going to know. All right, then. Uh, this is more like a, a fact that I wanted to bring up, but mm-hmm. I'll do it as a thing. How many seconds does Mr. Burns laugh for when remembering the Irish worker? I'm going to say 22. 
close. 27. 27. 27 consecutive... Oh, apart from that one little bit where he goes, what was I laughing about? Yeah. 27 seconds from start to finish of nothing but him laughing. That was done to perfection, by that the way. That was so great. The fact that he forgot, remembered, and then continued to and laugh went again. again. Oh, yep. so good. Just, like, the expression on his face and the different laughs. The yes. fact that, like, it was cackling. But my favourite was when he was in bed. It's still just... He's <laughs> 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 got his little nightcap on. It was odd though. It sounded weird hearing him laugh like that. It did, but it was so good. Yeah, it was really well done. How many passengers can the spruce moose hold? 42. 200. Okay. Well, that's what Burns assumes. Yes. And how often does Smithers have to ask Marge if she's gambled enough? Every Once every 75 hours. 75 hours. I've got, nailed it. I've, I've got something for that when we get up to it as well. Oh, okay. Then looking forward to that. So, they are the trivia for this week. Mm-hmm. Now, it's time for some facts. So, the story of the episode originated from a newspaper article that Oakley and Weinstein, mm-hmm. who were writers at the time that became showrunners, found about a town in Mississippi that was introducing riverboat gambling. Oakley said another inspiration for it was that there had never been an episode, not many, about Springfield being a crummy town. Yep. And he figured this would be a good way to tie it all in together. The title is obviously a reference to... Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yes, a 1964 film, which I haven't seen, but I'm assuming you've seen oh, several times. Many, many times. Yes. We could do... Do you want to... Does it have anything to do with casinos, gambling, anything like that? No, no shit, no. It's nothing. got to do with Cold War. Okay. So, uh, basically, a rogue a, a rogue army-based commander, um, or well, an army-based commander goes rogue, launches a... Sends some bombers on a nuclear run into Russia, and... The like they cut communication. That's part of their thing. Like part of their um, checkbook is to make sure that no one can communicate with them anymore. So the U.S. president who finds out about this is trying desperately to recall these guys because if they drop a nuclear bomb, then Russia's going to retaliate with all of their nuclear bombs, and then America will retaliate with all of their nuclear bombs, and it'll just be like a clusterfuck of nuclear bombs. That's basically the plot, um, but done for comedy. It's like there are holy shit, there are some great moments. Peter Sellers plays three different characters in the movie. Um, he plays the president. He plays the uh, a guy named Colonel Mandrake who's on the army base and he plays the titular um, Doctor Strangelove. So, is Eddie Murphy in Natty Professor? Kind of, but without without wacky, suits. With, yeah, with no prosthetics, just with amazing character work. Okay. Um, there's a fantastic scene where he's on the phone to the Russian president. He's like, just, he underplays it so well. He's like, Dimitri, Dimitri, we've got a bit of a problem. <laughs> one, of, one of our commanders, Dimitri, well, he went a bit funny. A little bit funny in the head. <laughs> just, it's like, well, there's a bug. No, Dimitri. Well, if I meant it, I wouldn't be calling you, would I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out. Uh, there was a deleted scene from the episode that appears in the 138th episode spectacular with Connery. James Bond. Yes. What? I never lose. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Obviously, we've what? The rules of stud poker. Yeah. You're supposed to remove this from the deck. <laughs> We've seen that what all a before. Bitty, Mr. Bond. It's really funny. It's, uh, why do you think they cut it out? Obviously, just, just the time. time, I suppose. Yeah, they had the Rain Man gag already. Didn't yeah. want to put too many of them in, I guess. There was a brief period when the episode actually had a completely different subplot. Did you read about this? No. It's really interesting. That it's what the episode could have been. So, the, the subplot would have revolved around the restaurant chain Planet Hollywood. Mm. Graining had been told by a spokesperson that if he put Planet Hollywood in The Simpsons, the creators of the restaurant, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone... Mm all would have appeared in the episode, but for some reason it all fell wow. through and it never happened and they were replaced with the boxer, what's his name? I can't quite remember, and Robert Goulet. Yeah, okay. Imagine having Stallone, Schwarzenegger and Willis, and in, Willis this. in there. That would have been pretty huge. That would have that would have put this like top 10 episodes of all time if you had that kind of star power. The surely. only issue, well, yeah, but... What would you have used Schwarzenegger? The thing is when you've got the, bo- like the boxer only appears for two seconds and that's fine. 
if you've got those three guys in there, you need to structure the entire episode around them. Otherwise, what's the point? That is be, it's like the episode where they've got Ron Howard and that sort of thing in there. That like you need them to be recurring because those guys are huge. You don't want to just have this weird gag where, yeah, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Willis are just in it for five seconds and then leave. In saying that, you know what made this episode nice? Every family family member actually had their own plot. Yeah, and we haven't had that in season five yet. Well, yeah. Well, you've half spoiled uh, mail that I'm going to read out in the mailbag oh, later well, on. I apologize. So let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> okay, then. It just came to me. Another fact: this episode features the first appearance of Gunter and Ernst. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. Gunther and Ernst? Gunther and Ernst, the Siegfried and Roy-esque casino magicians who are attacked by their white tiger, Anastasia. Yes. You know what I was thinking of with that? Um, you the, uh, you sent me a, a... I was watching a YouTube link. It doesn't matter how I got onto it. It was a YouTube tangent that I got onto of Jimmy Kimmel on Dave Letterman. I know. You, you just end up with some weird shit. Yeah. Watching some weird shit, don't you? They were talking about Siegfried and Roy mm-hmm. and their, their surnames, Fishbacker and Horn. Fishbacker? Yeah. And in that, like... Letterman was like, why didn't they call themselves that? <laughs> like, Fishbacker and Horn, I'm paying money to see that act. <laughs> like, know, right. Siegfried and Roy, yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go to that. But Fishbacker and Horn, I'm in there. People always say, you know, Simpsons predicted this, Simpsons predicted that. Mm. Ten years after this aired, they actually got attacked by their tiger. Yeah. Well, who would have thought? Well, the, the writers say, we didn't predict anything. This was always going to happen. Yeah. Look at the way they treat their animals. Yeah. And finally, the rich Texan makes his first appearance in this episode. However, he's referred to as Senator. Well, I think that's a joke be- um, off the back of what he says about JFK. Like, I want you to have this lucky hat. I wore it the day JFK get shot. Okay. And it's, it's brought me luck ever since. And Homer gives it the thanks, Senator. The, the joke being that JFK pissed off a lot of... Um, JFK rubbed up the wrong way with a lot of people inside government and, you know, the, the implications of it being an inside job that he was assassinated. So the original air date was December 16th, 1993. The chalkboard gag. I will not say Springfield just to get applause. I love it when play. If you ever need a cheap pop, just say the town that you're in. Yeah. In America anyway. Well, yeah. I, I suppose anywhere. Probably happens here. Oh, Hello, like, Melbourne. Yeah. Woo! Except when the, when We're the, from there. When the wrestlers come here. Hello, Melbourne. And everyone's like, yeah. Or if you're Guns N' Roses, are you ready, Sydney? Sydney. Yeah, whoopsies. <laughs> and the catch gag was they all run into the room and smash like glass. So, you were going to say something and I interrupted rudely. What were you going to say? No, nothing. I was just going to keep talking about cities. Okay. <laughs> I'll continue then. Kicks off with Springfield News on Parade. The News on Parade Corporation presents News on Parade Corporation News. <laughs> Harry would have loved doing this. Yeah. Do you feel like it's ironic how relevant this is now? It's what's happening in the world at the moment with Trump? With the bombs going off and whatnot? Well... I think bombs have been going off forever. I wouldn't say that that's specifically related to Trump. Nuclear? Well, there's only been one person that dropped a nuclear bomb and it wasn't Donald Trump. I so know. No, like, no. There's been a lot of talk about it of late. Yeah. So what else happens in the video anyway? So we've got new gadgets. It's actually relevant to Geelong. It reminded me of Geelong because Geelong used to have the car industry, mm. Ford, and Candy Footwear used to be in Geelong, which was mm. the shoe industry. And they both got exported, obviously. Yeah. How similar is this to Geelong? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Geelong, yeah. Geelong used much. to be a thriving manual labor city. And now something's happened. Which is why I never felt like I fit in. All these people using their hands for shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't move my hands. Oh, can I just like, is there an apartment somewhere here that I can move into? <laughs> pay, pay someone to paint? So Springfield's basically a city on the grow. And Grandpa and Jasper leave. I like that they went to the cinema to watch this. Well, that's how it used to happen. 
Really? Yeah, newsreels. Back didn't in, have TVs. Did yeah, you? newsreels yeah. in the '30s were um, played in the cinema, generally before a film, and yep. often it would be war propaganda as well. Make sure you buy your government bonds to support the war effort. Like all that sort of stuff would come up before a film. They leave. It was a really nice transition from. What, like gold streets and whatnot. Yeah. I, I particularly like, <laughs> I like that. Like acting like the streets are paved with gold. They are. <laughs> I particularly liked the design of the cars changing yeah. from old school to new. Yep. And it, the Springfield's just gone to shit. They walked mm. past the point. Oh, theater. hang on. Sorry. Before Ooh, we get to that. We no, well, the um, I was going to mention about the train. So, oh, the TV, yes. Yeah, so the train coming towards the TV and the family ducking um, in reference. So they did have TVs then, then? Uh, well, yeah, like 50s, yeah. In reference to. I will try to go with the French pronunciation. Le, uh, uh, le arrivée d'un train à gare de la Quota. I'm sure you offended every French person listening right now. Continue. <laughs> There's no French people listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, uh, that um, in other words, arrival of a train at the station, it was the f- is credited as being the first ever motion picture. Um, it was. Oh, of course. It went I for this, yeah. 50 seconds, I believe. It was released in 1886. And yeah, so it was basically just a train coming towards the train station, but people freaked out in the cinema and ran out thinking that it was going to come off the screen and hit As them. As you would. You've never experienced watching well, something yeah, before. Yeah, there'd be like magic to them or like yeah. some witchcraft or something like that. So yeah. Nice anyway, fact. yes. Nice hence fact. family ducking, freaking out. <laughs> as we said, Springfield's gone to shit. A homeless guy that will pass the porn theater, as we mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. The homeless guy asked for, got any spare change, man? Yep, and you ain't getting it. What is it? Everyone wants something for nothing. Goes into the... I'm old. You know, the social security yeah. office. I'm old. Give me, give me, give me. Then it cuts to Homer at the power plant, and he's strolling through the toilets, mm-hmm. looking in the toilet for whatever reason, and he notices something in there, a pair of glasses that mm. belonged to... Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger, yes. I don't know why Henry Kissinger was in this, and I was, hoping I, was in the, I was hoping in the research it would come up with why there was that really awkward silence that we get in a moment between them and Burns. I don't get that either. There's obviously something, i got no idea what. I feel like it's a very specifically American joke, and it must have been a very topical joke because there's no way known now to figure out what the fuck it was about. Because I thought, is this just their way of saying that they've got nothing else to talk about and it's that awkward situation where you're like, well, goodbye. I don't know. It just went for too long. I feel like the fact that they had Henry Kissinger in there, who I know is a big name, I don't even know why, but there must have been a reason... He was the uh, he was the U.S. Secretary of State and also the National Security Advisor. Right. So he's a big government figure. Yes. So to to have him there and to have that happen, there has to have been some comment about Henry Kissinger for that joke to exist. But I don't know what the hell it is. If you do know, write in mailbag yeah. at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Anyway, so Homer puts the glasses on and instantly thinks he's become smart, and he hasn't. Yeah. But do you know what the, the behind what the inside joke is here? It's a Wizard of Oz reference, where the oh, scarecrow, right. where he gets given a brain. Yes, and he says he says what Homer just says, mm. but that's actually wrong. Oh, but in right. the Wizard of Oz, the scarecrow gets it wrong, but it was yeah, never right. picked up. But on. it's never picked up. So on. this is the Simpsons way of saying you were wrong, you fucking idiot. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love the guy from just behind a cubicle. Yeah. That's a right triangle, you idiot. Yeah. So what Homer says is exactly what the scarecrow says. Yeah, nice. But they got it wrong. Good gag. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I never liked that movie. Yeah, I love the Wizard of Oz, man. Yeah, well, it was made in the thirties. You got to give it some credit. No, no it's a, a funny kid. story. Wizard of Oz is just one of those movies that, like, even as a kid, I didn't like things just because they were popular. And everyone was like, oh, The Wizard of Oz, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. These are great movies. You're going to love these I've movies. I've never liked Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. And then I just sat down. I was like, you know, it's not for me. Give me Platoon. <laughs> they were like, you're <laughs> six. Four year old. I'm ready. Full metal jacket then. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so then we cut to Kissinger and Mr. Burns and we get that awkward moment. 
Well, yeah. No one must know that I dropped him in the toilet. Yeah. After he leaves, Smithers then says... That the McKinley Nomics. That's what it was. Okay. He talks about going through McKinley yep, Nomics. Yep. Smithers says the economy's been hit, pretty, been hit pretty hard. Burns isn't worried at all. I love the way, though, Smithers goes, well, we can still fire some people. Okay, then. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't need to worry, but we'll still fire people. Yeah. And oh, it's more like, oh, I thought you were talking about making real cuts. Like, oh, that like what he says? no, no, no. But I mean, the delivery is like that. Like Burns is like, well, well, hang on, hang on. Like, it's that implication of what are you talking about? I'm not going to stop spending money. Okay. It's like, no, you just need to fire other people. Oh, good, That's I can do that. Nothing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He points out. Did you notice he fires Lenny and Carl? No, I did. Yeah, Lenny and that. Carl were two of the people that he pointed out. Oh, yeah, okay. Then he sees Homer and says, "Better keep the egghead." I like the way they tie the glasses into that scene. Yeah. So saves his job. Thinks Homer's smart. It's the second time, second straight episode where Burns has looked at. Homer doing something wrong on the screen and assumed and, and assumed, misinterpreted it like yeah. Homer and Mindy talking to talking each other. to each other yep, about yep, that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> Homer's then wearing glasses at home and he can't see properly. He thinks Lisa is he thinks Bart is Lisa and ten foot tall. Hmm. Just because you're ten foot tall doesn't mean you can tell me what to do. Lisa takes him off. This is the great not even a throwback because it just happened, but the news report Kissinger injured himself today by walking <laughs> into a wall. <laughs> Then cuts to Brockman at the unemployment office. I wish that they had to put Lenny and Carl in the unemployment line here. Yeah, that would have been good. Just because yeah. just they've just been fired, so now the straight un- to it. Yeah, 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 unemployment office. Obviously, they're not. I thought it was. Oh, <laughs> what's the um that it's not like it's not the happy place that it once was, or <laughs> something along those lines. That's a great opening line. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, unemployment is no longer for philosophy majors. Yes. Important people are filling the pinch. How great is that line? <laughs> so good. Walks up to Barney at the back of the line, and we learn that Barney's actually a really good dancer, apparently. Yeah. I haven't been able to find a job in six years! Huh. And what training do you have? Five years of modern dance, six years of tap. The economic slump began last spring, when the government closed Fort Springfield, devastating the city's liquor and prostitution industries. Now, at the risk of being unpopular, this reporter places the blame for all of this squarely on you, the viewers. I love it when Brockman just goes rogue. Yes. And <laughs> loses his shit. <laughs> At the audience. Then that we, ought to hold the little SOBs. Then we have a town meeting. Did you notice what was painted on the wall at the front? Alberto. Ah, okay. Didn't need to be there. That makes sense. Just a little bit of a little bit of extra detail. Mayor Quimby has a good plan that will I work propose, for him. I propose I use what's left of the town treasury to move to a more prosperous town. <laughs> I love it. And I will send for you. <laughs> I love the amount of times that he's got a suitcase with money hanging out the side hanging of the out suitcase. of it, yes. Yeah. Great shot. Never packs his money properly, that Quimby. Great shot from behind as well of the plane ticket in his back pocket. Yeah. He ain't going to another close town. Yeah. He's flying away somewhere, never coming back. But the town's not falling for this at all. Lisa then has a little moment where she offers him $15. Quimby's response, perfect. This is just what I need to... T- uh, what is it? Tip the skycaps. Skycaps, that's it. He's not even hiding the fact anymore. Yeah. He's just like, yep, I'm going to be flying away and never coming back. Grandpa then makes a stand but falls asleep halfway through. Oh, there's a great bit of... Composition, yeah. The fact that Jebediah's in the background as he's talking about needing good old-fashioned gumption. Very, very awesome. Um, I'm glad you picked up on that as well. Yeah. This is where Quimby interrupts and says, let's be a little more realistic. You don't want to do... We don't want to do any hard work. You don't want to do anything good. No, No. like Grandpa says. Yeah. Skinner suggests legalised gambling. It was odd to hear it from Skinner, but then you get the reason why. Yeah, the uh, wicked shift some of the funds towards um, our underfunded school program. Awkward silence. Yeah. Now, it is... One of those sort of... Uh, it probably works well that Skinner, actually, in that he's one of the f- people smart enough to understand that it's a double-edged sword, that like mm. there's a negative connotation, but at the same time, if you look at it, it could work. And I feel like if they were doing that same episode today, it would become about legalising marijuana. 
because it's mm. how do you make money in legalizing marijuana? You tax it. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like the taxes, um, Colorado has raked in, yeah. like they've virtually fixed their economy, and not only that, it creates jobs with farming and all that sort of sort of thing. So, but it's that similar to gambling. It's that double edged thing of like, well, is it going to bring crime and corruption, and is it going to give a negative kind of spin on our state? But at the same time, if you're holy hole, shit, that's a lot of money that's about to come towards us. Yeah, if you're already in a hole as well, mm. like Springfield's at there. Rock bottom right now. Yeah. They need to go up. They can only go up from here. Well, Paddy then says, well, I like the part about the gambling. They all agreed to do it. Yeah. This is great how everything that someone says is negative, but they all cheer for it anyway. Like Mr. Burns, I'm going to use the casino to tighten my stranglehold on... So, yeah. By building a casino, I could tighten my stranglehold on this town. Hey! Yeah. And Barney just burps. Hey! <laughs> That's really funny. Hold on. We... I don't know if it's going to be yet. And then we get the moment of the town by this point just expecting Marge actually just before that I've skipped over a part where Flanders approaches the Reverend and says what do you think Reverend and Reverend says the whole once the government approves something it no longer becomes immoral (laughs) (laughs) but then as you said it's like a Nixon moment I'm saying if I'm saying if the president does it that means it isn't illegal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. You said like Wombo from fucking Blinky Bill. Then no, I, know. I, I couldn't. I didn't have my. I didn't, I didn't have my proper Nixon jails on. <laughs> what that guy? From Next time, later on in the episode. Oh, I forgot to forward sell this. We've got a cracking impression that's been sent through from a oh, listener. Yeah, from a listener Katie Long? from Katie, who yeah. it happens to be her birthday as we speak. Oh, so, happy birthday to Katie! So as you were saying, everyone turns to March. They expect because Quimby says. Is there anyone who who opposes yeah, this decision? Yeah. And is that the, like already Marge has got that reputation not only within the family but everywhere as being a nagger. And then obviously the the flip side here is that she actually thinks that it'd be fine. The town's reaction is exactly how the viewer reacts. Mm. He's like, "Well, that's weird. You just expected her yeah. to not like it." And then once Quimby sees the money, then he's like, "All right, then. very well. I'll stay here and grow fat off kickbacks and slush funds." Yeah, <laughs> just instantly playing the angles. That's the other side of this um this episode as well as the not just the fact that what gambling impacts on the family life, also the richer get richer. Mm. Because Kumi's going to now become more powerful. Yeah. Burns is going to tighten his stranglehold on the city, yep. stuff like that. What I like at the end of this scene as well is the fact that every single town member races out of that meeting. They do it all. Like, it's, yeah, I, I just, I love it when that happens. Like, they get so excited that they, <laughs> they, they go to run home. Like, it's not like the casino's open out there now already, but yep. they just take off. But then in this instance, they all instantly just Springfield turns into a cesspool. Yeah. Like they're out getting drunk and making out on jeopardy. Sailors kissing yeah. prostitutes and whatnot. Did you notice when they run out the door, Flanders is right in the centre of the screen. He has no glasses on. It looks really weird. Oh, okay. No, I didn't spot that. So, that, as you said, Springfield's just become a scum hole. Come back from commercial and Quimby and Burns. I like the look of this scene. The sound of the birds in the background, like the seabirds and mm. just the sun's just starting to rise. Could nearly, be a, could nearly be a commercial for Demoxinal. Yeah. <laughs> Quimby and Burns are walking on the boardwalk, and this is where we find out that that's where they're going to build the casino. Yep. And Mr. Burns is obviously going to build it. Yep. Burns kind of gets an insight into his childhood. It's yeah. like, I love this. Bit of nostalgia. Know. Yeah. It takes him. me back to when I was a kid, and you get him driving the Dodgem cars straight into the back of the guy painting it. I love that. Oh, da- oh, Master Burns. Like, even then, he was a rich and powerful child. Yeah. I love Castle- like Dan's delivery of all of this it's so goddamn good just in the complete agony and then you just get that who'll uh, was it provide? Who'll look after my who'll provide for my little ones yeah yeah <laughs> it's such a desperate plea and this sets off the laugh yeah which just keeps going just play and going please play it okay 
What was I laughing at now? Oh, yes, that crippled Irishman. <laughs> 30 seconds of Burns laugh. I just found myself giggling over it. Like, you, for the first couple seconds, you can get by, but it's such an infectious laugh that you can't help. And I was roaring with laughter myself at the TV. This is so much funnier than Peter Griffin hurting his knee. Yes. Everyone always says, oh, Family Guy's funny for scenes like that. 10 years before, motherfuckers, the Simpsons were doing this. We should, loop, we should steal Channel 11's Thunder on Facebook and loop that laugh for an hour. They, they, let's, let's live stream that. They're just putting Simpsons shit up now all the time. Yeah. Well, the fact that they have the rights to it probably helps them, but, yeah. you know, we'll just do it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> but Fuck the lawyers, you, man. But if you put something on Facebook, you can't have more than 20 seconds, though. But if it's a live stream. Yeah, but they only had like 10 seconds of footage looped. Well, we'll just loop the first 10 seconds of the laugh. Just the, the, the one laugh. Just him in bed. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> for two hours. Yeah, that's right. Why not? <laughs> so Burns has just finished laughing. But just finished laughing. 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 Yeah, it's like you said a word last week. Brain just bailed on you yeah. halfway through the word. Laughing. <laughs> and Smithers interrupts and says, "The people who are going to pitch ideas for what the, the casino can be designed like are here. We get the British guy. Yep. The, get out. The stoner." Get out. It doesn't even let him explain anything. Yeah. He just looks like a stone up. Nah, yeah. that's perfect. It's exactly what burns how he would My favourite bit it. about all of... The, oh, sorry. You you spoke about Trump before. This is where I see a parallel to Trump because this is exactly how I imagine the pitch meetings for that Mexico wall going. <laughs> like, just coming in. It's going to be... Like it's gonna be three hundred foot high, and on the American side, we're gonna paint a picture of a coastline. Get out! <laughs> it's gonna have sex appeal with a catchy name. <laughs> Before, but my favorite bit about this whole scene, though, is the sea captain. How he comes in with a boat. Yeah, like it's like we're building a casino. Defeated, but ah, give me five minutes. I'll think of something else. Like, I love that he's like, well, I'm here to pitch something. <laughs> I can do this. Family are all having dinner, and Lisa, this is where we find out that she's going to need a costume for the pageant. Oh, yeah, sex appeal and a catchy name. Obviously, then oh, yeah, yeah. Burns as a mermaid. And, and Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Mr. Burns <the> casino. <laughs> Family dinner, Lisa says she's going to need a costume. Mars mm-hmm. suggests you should be as Nevada. And Lisa says here, Nevada makes my butt look big. It's not often that Lisa says stuff that... She doesn't normally objectify exactly, herself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's very, it was strange to hear her say that. Then Marge suggests Florida. You go to Florida. You enjoy orange juice and old people like you. Yes. Homer is then teaching Maggie to gamble because he got a job at Mr. Burns' casino. Mm. Marge's response here, uh, it was a bit too lenient because he goes, I'm teaching Maggie to gamble. And she's like, why? Shouldn't she have said no? Why are you doing that? It's bad. Yeah, probably. That's what the Marge character would normally yeah. do. I suppose she's a bit different in this episode, maybe. Then we get another lifelong dream gag. I swear they've had several of these already. They have, and I love them all the time. My favourite thing about the lifelong dream is that when he swears that, like, this has been my lifelong dream, and then he's proven wrong, and then he just remembers fondly something about it. Like, yep. like as you mentioned oh, before, like, yeah. we got more gongs than the, like, it's, and a yeah. burning robot. And then he moves on. Yeah. At the casino. The casino was built very quickly, by the way. Unless this episode, I presume turns, there's like, been a passage of time. It's not like they turned around in a day. How, how long though? At least a year. You can't build a casino in less than a year, surely. Small. Um, you got to apply for licenses. You got to do this. You got to do six that. Six months. Quimby's going to push the licenses through. Would be nicer of them to at least have had that six months later. 
Ah, uh, but no, no, no time has transpired because Lisa's doing the fucking pageant with the costume. Well, maybe they repurposed an old building. And, and we see the casino finished as soon as Mr. Burns says it needs a catchy name. Well, got some Mexicans in. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> that wall wasn't up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Cooney, that's the boxer's name, greets Otto at the door mm. and Otto just knocks him out. Knocks him out cold. How annoying are... Old glass jaw Cooney. <laughs> how annoying are door greeters though? Depends on the way they do it. They can be very annoying. They can be fine. If they're saying to you, hey, how you going? Have a mm. great time. That's fine. Mm. But the ones that just try to hand you pamphlets and... Have you, you've been to Las Vegas, haven't you? Yeah. Walking down the street, it's like, I don't want your fucking pamphlets. You know, most of those girls are prostitutes, right? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's naked photos on those pamphlets, Sandra. They're good pamphlets. Homer is a terrible dealer, as we see here. Everybody wins. Homer just 18, 27, 35. <laughs> keeps, keeps going up to 21. Yeah, keeps going up to 27. Oh, so good. Uh, I like the... Can you remember who the five people were? We had... Um, Troy McClure was one of them. The uh, news reporter. Krusty was there. Krusty, the news reporter. The, the senator or rich Texan. Yeah, rich Texan. And there was another one. We'll think of it. Can't remember. But I love the fact that as soon as Homer's shift is over, they all bail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Grandpa is taking too long to roll the dice. I love this. Oh, we nearly forgot again. Please what throw the dice, please, now, please. Yes. What was your favorite <laughs> moment from the episode? Oh, shit. Um, Gambler. I... Don't find that funny at all, Gambler. Don't you? I don't get the hoopla okay. about it. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm it's just great delivery. I just love the delivery. Yeah. I just it's the fact it. that... It's so I like f- Boogeyman, which is probably cliche. Yeah. It's the fact that he gives a literal interpretation of a metaphor. So, like, he starts with... There's, like, you You've know... neon claws. There's only one monster. It's the monster that's enslaved your mother. So, the metaphor of, like, yeah. But, like, so that would normally be where that would be done. But then in his mind... I call him Gamblor. <laughs> it's just he it, like Homer is visualizing this actual being. You know what I want one of our listeners to do this week? I want them to draw what they think Gamblor looks like, and the best one will be shared on our Facebook page. Yeah, that's good. So send it in your to, to something like two hundred odd thousand people. We recently discovered we've yes. been tracking our Facebook page wrong this yes. whole time. So go to so mailbagerfourfingerdiscount.com.au. You want to see. Who can draw the best version of Gamblor? Mm. There's no wrong. There's no wrong interpretation. No, just a cool. But there will only be you know one what? right one. No, no. <laughs> Maybe we'll, should we share them all in, a, in an album or just share the best one? No, let's just share the best one. All right then, cool. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Send. I don't want someone in. sending in like stick figure Gamblors <laughs> under the under the proviso that we said we'd share them all. Like Krusty in the 138th episode. Yeah. <laughs> so as we said, Grandpa is taking too long, and yep. you said a poo's line. How I love that delivery. Line. Yeah, it's so good. He's so jaded, but still so polite. Come on, Lucky Seven. Papa needs a new Paris Pets. I want some of that sweet, sweet Do-Re-Mi. Fat City, here I come. Please throw the dice now, please, now. Don't rush me. I have arthritis. Will the gentleman please roll the dice? All right, all right, smart guy. Oh, for crying out loud, I dropped one. Oh, now it's in my shoe. Ow, ow, ooh, ow. This is where we get the Gunther and Ernst. Yeah. Parody. Yeah. And the, as you said, like, it's basically, it is spot on Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. It just is them. Mm. I feel sorry for the poor tiger. I like that they gave the tiger a reason to attack them mm. before it attacked them. Yeah. Just- it, notice the weird, or not weird, but like the sexual innuendo here as well. Like the guy that they're talking to about, or is this later? No, when, it's later, right? It's later, sorry, when Barney comes in there, but like they very well, much. They, like they're gay. Yeah. Yeah, very openly just trying to pick up a stranger instantly and take him back to the hotel room. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like some Liberace. (laughs) Actually, I'm surprised that they didn't put a Liberace take in here. 
I guess. Could have fit. Anyway. Bart then plays the machines. How Bart got in, I don't know. This mm. this casino must have had no rules on Sneaks kids. through. Because the f- kids are throughout this whole casino several times. Are you allowed to have a baby in a casino? No, no, because Homer takes Bart and Lisa back in there when they go to pick up Marge. Yeah, that's true. Well, under supervision, maybe back then the rules were different. Possibly. It is Springfield. Mr. Mm. Burns makes the rules. Maybe the rules, <laughs> as long it. as they gamble once every 75 hours. Are you over 21? Are you? <laughs> I'm not authorized to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets thrown out after winning the jackpot. Mm. By the way, your martinis suck. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? Start your own casino in your treehouse and get all your little friends to come? Oh, I'd like to see that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome. Have a lucky day. Mm-hmm. Well, he certainly showed me. Marge then goes to see Homer. And I love the fact, this is just, it's subtle, but... He says, oh, hey, Marge. And he spills all the cards. Yep. And one of the people that was sitting at the table just walks off. Yep. They've had enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't even say anything. They yep. just get out of their seat and leave. It's just really cool. Homer then thinks, I don't get the gag of why he continues to think that she hates gambling. Like, what? Uh, well, it's just in his but, in his head, she's still a nagger. So, like, this is so... nagger or... Like, anti-fun and anti-everything. So, it makes sense to him that she would be against all of this. And that's why he can't see... Yeah. Why well, he's not seeing the blindingly obvious truth, yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like the, um, you know, I bet after your big tantrum. <laughs> like, I was for the casino. Strike three, Marge. Yeah, strike three. <laughs> <laughs> I love... That delivery is amazing. Homer's photographic memory is brilliant. Like, one dude's got a penguin on his head. Is that a parody of anything? Like a painting of uh, some sort? Or oh, I don't know I if it is. Couldn't find it. Could have been, but, it, but then... Uh, it's just muscly as. Some absurdist comedy. Yeah, muscly as. And then, like, an octopus... Passes him the phone. It's the president, <laughs> and I said, and I "Get said, this." <laughs> a lot too that when we cut back, everyone's gone. Yeah, like he's just talking to himself. A poo has three heads. Yes, <laughs> that's another thing in there. Marge then finds a quarter on the floor. Mm. How much of a Marge line is this? Maybe they have a lost and found. Yeah, so it's just Marge to a T. Then she decides, you know what? I'll just give it a go. What the yep. hey? And she wins a dollar back. Mm. The way Kavanaugh says. Like yeah. it's just really bad. You think, oh, this isn't going to be a good path for yeah. to go down. Now, I wanted to quickly diverge here and tell a story about the evils of gambling. Okay, because I feel like, as an Australian, it's be a downer in the middle of the episode, a little bit. But as an Australian who loves the Whitlams, I feel like I can't talk about an entire episode full of gambling and not in some way reference the evils of the pokies. Should this be saved at the end or now? No, I'm going to do it now. It's only quick; it won't be long. Okay. And I don't know the people involved. It was just a, a story that I heard secondhand. But this is about how someone—it was about someone who would play the pokies quite a bit. Thirty bucks here, forty bucks there, fifty bucks there. Never too much. Out for dinner with friends. They'd play a little bit. Maybe they'd win fifty bucks. Maybe they'd win a hundred. Maybe they'd lose. Whatever. It was—it was, wasn't impacting their life until they won a jackpot. They won twenty grand, and from that moment on, they were so hooked that they lost everything that they had because they were trying to chase that big win again. Um, to the point that, like, they—they they were um, at one point got picked up having their kids in the car doing homework in the back seat with a bucket of um, KFC. When questioned about it, she's like, well, what? I parked under a streetlight. They're fine. Mm. I would have justified mm. it. In the, uh, but it it shocked me in that I, I always understood the idea of chasing losses. Like, you know, I've, oh, shit, I've lost 100 bucks. I need to try and get that back and tipping bad money after bad money. Um, but it never occurred to me the fact that it could be a win that pushes someone into ruins. In saying that, Nicola's one of the least compulsive people that I know, right? Mm. I mean, she doesn't get sucked into any of that kind of stuff. 
But when we were in Vegas, she won $70 on the friend's poking machine. And I said, Lord, of course they have one of those. And I said, take it out. And she goes, no, 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 it's paying. I'm like, take it out. Yeah. And she goes, just let me push it a few more times. And I said, you're getting down to 60 and you're taking it out. Meanwhile, I sort of wasn't paying attention for a second. It's down to 55. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I can still win. I said, I just just pushed the collect button. So, like, it just sucks you in, man. Yeah. She is the least likely person to gamble. Yeah. And because she won, she thought, ooh, it could happen again. Yep. No, it's not going to happen again. That said, my wife is a bit of a freak on roulette and I want to almost retire and just take her up to the tables. (laughs) Why? (laughs) And she won lots of them. Her birthday turned... $20 $20 into 400 I think. Really? Purely by playing odds and evens or reds and blacks. So, what was the most you gambled at once on one roll? I reckon she put down 80 bucks on the on one spin once, but after having... So, 20 bucks started, bet 10, lost. So, straight up, I'm like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then won a few in a row, and then once she got up to like 50, she put aside the original 20 and then bet like 15 and happened to win on that. And then she bet 20 on the next one, happened to win on that. So, suddenly it was up a bit. And then she was starting to put bigger bets on and freak. And then she bet 450 and lost everything. And no, then no, no, no. She was just, I was there just doing the little like hand motions, like mm. <laughs> and just pocketing, pocketing chunks as we were going along. But then I did that typical gambling thing of like, oh man, imagine if I'd given her a thousand dollars. Give me the card. Racing to the ATM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So back to Marge, and she has won the dollar. And she mm. she's going to go to leave, and then she looks at her watch, and you can tell yep. something's up. She's yep. going to she's been sucked in. She goes back in, and then we get to Bass Casino. Yeah, so we get the odds board that we were talking about. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before um, <laughs> Millhouse and the box of mystery. It's a pretty um, good setup. He's got the going. cat goes in. Oh, then moves the legs, tries yep. to put them in. Yeah, and then the second one comes out from under the roof, Big and reveal. they both just start clawing her like crazy, and everyone in the audience just yeah. <laughs> cool sound effect too of him just getting you have to mauled. see it you can just hear that he's getting yeah. mauled yeah from there we get back to the casino and the rain man yeah um, as parody. a kid I had no fucking clue what this was and my dad obviously hadn't seen the movie either because I oh really distinctly remember I thought every adult ever has seen rain man but back when I was a kid though so maybe we've probably uh, seen it now but just, well it came out in 88 so was it 88? Yeah. I thought it was early 90s. No, it was 88. Okay. My year of birth. There are a lot of very good movies. <laughs> so my year of birth. A lot of very good movies came out in 88. <laughs> Name very- five. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Rain Man. <laughs> there are others. I'm going to just quickly Google movies 1988. Okay. Movies 1988. And we'll see it because it's my year of birth as well. So we have Who Framed Roger Rabbit coming to America. Okay. Beetlejuice. Rain Man, Die Hard, the first one. Yep. Mm, Child's Play, the original. Big. Big, yes. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> the Last Temptation of Christ. The Naked Big gun. gun, Midnight Run, Mississippi Burning. Land Before Time. They Live. Bloodsport. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Child's Play, Scrooged. That was a good year. Crocodile Dundee 2. Yeah. Cocktail. Although Red Heat also came out, so that took it down. And Young Guns. Halloween 4, Friday the 13th, 7. <laughs> Okay, we're getting into... The twins! Blob. The blob. <laughs> okay, we're starting to scrape the battle. Yeah. But the, the point is, there were some really, really great movies in that Yes. Year. I don't just throw these statements off willy-nilly. Anyway, as I was saying, though, I distinctly remember as a kid watching this on television mm. and my dad going, what the fuck was that all about? No. I, I still remember... Saying, I can visualise him saying it. <laughs> That's Aussie as. Now, my... um. My favourite ever comment that I've heard about Rain Man was Robert Downey Jr. talking about some of his favourite movies and he... He was talking about Rain Man and yeah, yeah. simply said, if you haven't watched this in the last month, you need to watch it again. It's just like, it's a once a month movie. I have not seen the entire thing. No. 
It's brilliant. I've got it on Blu-ray. It's absolutely brilliant from start to finish. Tom Cruise is fantastic in it. And Who's better? Tom Cruise. Cru- Cruise is better. Yeah. He has the... Cruise, most of it, Cruise yeah. has the arc. Like, Cruise yeah. has got the much harder job. All Dustin Hoffman has to do, like, he went, okay, this is my character, and bang, I'm going to be this. Tom's got to be more nuanced and work his way from asshole to the start to soft, caring brother at the end, and, and he yeah. does it to perfection. Yeah. And Hoffman's just one character. Yeah. yeah. True. I will accept that. So, Mr. Burns hasn't slept in days. He gave it the old SVU treatment here. He had to tell the audience that it's been five days. You haven't slept mm. since the casino opened five days ago. Yeah, that's true. Normal, normally, you just say you haven't slept since the casino opened. Yeah. Exposition. I, yeah. yeah. But I, I, just, I call it the SVU treatment because <laughs> I do it all no, the that's time. That's fair. That's also the designated survivor treatment now. Is it? Designated survivor does not in any way give its audience credit for being intelligent. Like, I've seen... Sister- Should it? <laughs> well, I'm watching it. <laughs> but, like, it'll be... Um, in the second episode, Kirk, uh, Kirkland, the president, is like, um, you know, you've got... Uh, talking to a government, trying to make him back down on a thing, is like, you've accident- You've picked up three people that were undercover operatives, and so you need to release everyone because it's a it's code word clearance. I can't tell you who they are, so you have to let everyone go. Um, he's like, oh, all right, Mr. President, I'll do it. And then they end this teleconference and someone else is like, oh, should I inform the NSA? It's like, there was nobody. And then someone else, it was a bluff. Like, well, fuck, thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) So, as we said, Mr. Burns hasn't slept since it opened five days ago and he's starting to be worried about microscopic germs. Yep. I like the design. (laughs) Freemasons run the country. Not quite that part yet. (laughs) But I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like how they slowly made his beard grow longer. Yeah. That's the way of telling how long it's been. Yep. Marge is not paying attention to Maggie, mm-hmm. who was just keeping herself busy by shooting her pacifier up into the up air, in the air. Yep. and accidentally lands into someone's cup full of money. Yep. So she goes to find it, and because as we said, Marge wasn't paying attention, yep. she ends up as a baby on the table. Yep. That's good, good luck. luck. Sneak eyes. Again, like, it's just how compulsive everyone is gambling. Yeah. like Everyone's looking for superstitions when there aren't there and all that sort of stuff. I think we all do, though. Like, do you have a superstition with football? No. No? I don't have any superstitions at all, to be honest. But but I think a lot of people do, yeah. This is where we get the... A lot of people believe in psychology. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say a lot of people believe in psychology. Um, a lot of people believe in psychics as well. Um, that was the original joke. Uh, a lot of people are idiots, but no. In, in, instead, I turned into a Scientologist. <laughs> a lot of people believe in psychology. If you want to go with that hoo-ha. <laughs> this is where we get the... Part you're talking about before Barney saving the day as the Tigers oh, about with, yeah with Gunter oh, the, sorry, the orgy yeah, part yeah. yeah but we've already explained it so yes yep. you're right so Barney saves the day yeah and I love that I love that it's Barney that's the responsible one even though he doesn't quite know because like you go oh shit that's out of character but then but he still your little it. boy Bart nearly did this and nearly got eaten by that pony yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> but he still as dumb as he is he saved the day yeah had he not done it Marge would not have a child yeah <laughs> she'd be eaten by that pony yeah Man, that's classic compulsive behavior. Wow, free beer! Buddy, those are my quarters. Uh, hey, this guy's paying off. This is where we get to Krusty's Midnight Show, which was apparently a parody of Bill Cosby's oh, really? raunchy show from the 70s. Did or Bill Cosby do? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm while, ho- while she's talking you about know, herpes. Hopefully, hopefully, 
all yeah. drinks were served in a bottle and uh, everyone kept their eye on, you know, took the lids off themselves and kept an eye on what was what. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is great to see... The Midnight Special, Bill okay. Cosby. Krusty just bombing hard. Yeah. Well, he's just talking about herpes. Yeah. Without any real... Do you know, in the t- I never remember seeing the bit where he talks about the Russian president. There's a great... What Krusty's doing here, and it's it's rare actually that you see... Americans do this take on American comedy. More often than not, you'll get Australians and, and British comics complaining about, like, you know, Americans doing mistaking comedy for talking. Yes. Um, there's a fantastic send-up of that style of comedy in the first season of Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle. Okay. I think first. I'm positive it's the first one where it's about comedy, but um, talking about this guy, Del Spanks, who's kind of like... It's a send-up of your Bill Hicks, your Dennis Leary types, and he just has this one bit over and over and over again about how mice, and, and yeah, out of context, I don't want this to sound offensive at all, in context it works, he's like, about how mice are just fag rats. Um, but that's the whole thing. He's like, what are mice? I'll tell you what mice are. What, what are mice? They're just fag rats. And then, like, the whole audience laughing and that sort of thing. And then, like, cutting to these old American comics going, what he was saying about mice 30 years ago is still true today. (laughs) But but that's basically what Krusty's doing, something that is patently not funny, except in this instance, the audience is calling him out on it rather than just going along with, like, oh, my God, he said herpes. (laughs) Dan Cook comedy. Kind of. He was terrible. (laughs) Dan Cook has some good bits. He was funny if you're 17. Well, yeah, I was 17 when I was listening yeah. to him for the most part. Um, but Apparently like, he's a not a nice person in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. That sucks. I liked his bit about smashing a treat in someone's face. Have you ever heard that? About to be remembered? Like everyone wants yes. a legacy? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, you know, just like the other day, you know what I did the other day? I, there was a kid eating an ice cream. I smashed it in his face and I said, you remember me for the rest of your life. And I ran off into the woods. Because, you know, 30 years from now, he's going to be telling a story about one day this guy, he smashed a treat in my face and he said, you fucking remember me. <laughs> I didn't say fucking. He added that to the story. Like that whole bit. I like that bit. That's that's. But, you know, you listen to an hour of Dane Cook, there's five minutes of good and then there's 55 minutes of just saying things loudly. So after that, we get the Mr. Burns even more of a descent into absolute madness. His beard's yep. longer. Uh, it's just He's animated perfectly, isn't yeah. he? It's just yep. a crazy man. But and do you want to talk about the Howard Hughes... I've already explained it, I guess. Yeah, so... Look, you want to go into more depth? All I know of... Most of what I know of Howard Hughes, I know from watching the movie The Aviator. But... So, Howard Hughes was a kind of eccentric... I don't know if he's a billionaire, but certainly for the the equivalent of a billionaire today. Um, he had... Like, he kind of ran a little movie business. He, he did... Um, one of his original movies was called Scarface, and he did another one about planes. I don't remember what it was called. Um... And but his predominant business was in the um, airplane industry. So he was designing planes. He was test pilot, all that sort of test pilot for his own stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, because of the way his mother brought him up, he was raised as a crazy germaphobe. Like was just paranoid about germs being so that's everywhere. That's where it comes into it. Okay. Because yeah. I always wondered as a kid, I'm like, I don't, I just don't understand. Yeah. Even as a teenager, I'm like, I don't get this. Yeah. Yeah. No, so thank you for enlightening me. That's okay. <laughs> They're all covered with filthy germs, aren't they, Smithers? Why, what do you mean, sir? Freemasons run the country! Ugh. Good animation and the z- yep. in like zooming in to see all the germs on Smithers' face. And, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that the ugh comes at Freemasons run the country. Not that yes. they exist. Yeah. Yeah. Homer is then knocked off work and Marge is still gambling. Now, did you notice that every time she pulls the lever, she murmurs? 
Mm. So is that their way of showing, I don't know, that she's upset that she hasn't won or just that emphasize yeah, every time she's pulling the lever? Just that repetitive, dull, her brain's not switched she's on with what she's mode. doing. Yeah. She's a zombie, yeah. Marge doesn't want to leave. She keeps thinking of excuses as to why she doesn't have to go home with Homer. Yep. Go home, you're bad luck. That's like you said, her superstition. Like she yeah. has to find a reason why she's not winning. It's, it's going to come eventually. Homer still can't see the issue though. Yeah. You're just mad because everyone else in this town loves gambling. <laughs> well, that's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves. Cut back from commercial and Smithers asks Marge if she's had enough. Yes. Um, she's like, no, hmm, we're required to ask every 75 hours. I did some maths. Based on the fact that Marge is putting in one quarter roughly every two seconds and assuming that she has not left the machine because she's not showed any signs of wanting to leave the machine and if she had left the machine, it wouldn't have been 75 hours, therefore he wouldn't have had to ask. Marge has spent roughly $33,000 on that poker machine. She must have stopped because they referenced this in a later episode in a few seasons from now, the IRS take over Krusty Burger. Bart the Fink, I believe it is. Mm. And Homer says, Marge, what were your gambling losses last year? And she says, $700 or something like that. But I suppose that's like four seasons from now. Yeah, true. Or three seasons from now. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but $33,000, that's a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> Where would she pull that from? Life savings, I suppose. $33,000 in quarters. That's a fucking She might have lot. had a couple that, wins that's, along that's, the way. That's how many, that's 100,000, 120,000 quarters. Mm. We then get to the Simpson home and it's just completely gone to shit. It's just mess everywhere. <laughs> I love what gets... Like, Homer's fine with it as well. He's like, come on, you just got to This was my second favourite moment. What gets him over the edge is the look on his face when he realises that he can't make breakfast. Yep. Like, frozen pie crust over cloves. Not that he can't make breakfast, it's what he puts together. Yeah. He's like, this is... I'm yeah. not eating this. There's nothing to eat for breakfast. You gotta improvise, Lisa. Cloves, Tom Carlin's mix, frozen pie crust... Maybe Mom just doesn't realize we missed her. We could go down to the casino and let her know. Oh, come on, Lisa. There's no reason to. Let's go see Mom. But also, Bart is booking guests. Yeah. Uh, Quiet, sister. Turns out, what was it? It turns out that the Cher impersonator was actually Cher. No, no, Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli, sorry. (laughs) Family then go to see her at the casino. And really well done here, how they justify why it's okay for much to be at the casino. I won oh. $70 last yeah. night, whatever it is. Woohoo! Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Please straight away. Then Burns reveals the spruce moose. Yep. To model? <laughs> <laughs> I've got here, the delivery of model is the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> model? <laughs> it's the best. Oh, it's so good. Now, Lisa, I like that she yells out for mum. Not really. When she that. wakes up from the dream. Yeah. Not yeah. Just It just comes natural to her to yell out to Marge. Yep. Not there. <laughs> and she says here too... I know it's absurd, but yeah. she, she plants that, but then Homer yeah. gets scared by it anyway. But Homer first is like, oh, you just had a bad dream, honey. Yeah. It's like, I, I know it's absurd. But it's still, I then the boogeyman gets, was going, boogeyman, yeah. <laughs> you nail the window shut. I'll get the gun. <laughs> just races into Bart. the Bart's room. The Bart, the Bart, there may like, be a boogeyman or a boogeyman in the house. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it is the best scene. What I love is when they get back, like when Marge comes in, like, I mean, there's the, the hole in the door and that sort of stuff. <laughs> the, there's, there's like the seven... Shape. Well, yeah, seven as he pulls it up over the mattress. But there's like seven spent shotgun cartridges on on the the ground. (laughs) Such great attention to detail. (laughs) That's great. You notice that when... um, What happened here? Yeah. (laughs) Just a little thing involving the boogeyman. (laughs) Throws the gun down. It goes off again. Uh, You know, the other thing that I noticed... uh, Sorry, the only thing weird about this scene. Maggie is wearing white. What's her nighty? She goes, she's always in blue. Even in bed, she's in blue. I feel like we've seen her in white before. I don't... Because the rest of them are in their pajamas. I don't reckon they? she has outside of like a wedding. 
Probably right. For some reason, I envisioned... I, I don't know. I can picture her in white. You're probably right. Anyway. It just struck me as it, certainly very different. You don't see her very not, often yeah. outside of blue anyway. Yeah, like you said. But then Marge realises her mistake. She realises that she needs to be around the house more yeah, often. She has she pro- a kind of moment of clarity. And she promises Lisa that she'll help her with her costume and whatnot. And then Homer, just like on TV... Trips and then the laugh track. And that's where you see the cartridges on the floor. Yeah. No, well, no you see them when she first I comes I see earlier as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, they left them there as well. Bart then goes to pick up Robert Goulet <laughs> from the airport. Hey, you from the casino? I'm from a casino. Good enough. How good is his delivery on... Vera said that? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was really fun to work with and was willing to take the piss out of himself, which yeah. surprised a lot of the people on the show. But back then, a lot of the guest stars weren't willing to do that. Yeah, okay. But he was just, I'll say whatever, I don't care. And he was really... I had no idea who Robert Goulet was before this. Still I don't, don't know really know who him. he is. No. But he did a really fine job in this episode. Yeah. It was great. The casino, though, is missing Goulet because he was meant to be a guest there. He's yeah. going to the wrong casino. Begin the thawing of Jim Neighbours. <laughs> Do you get the gag there? No. Neighbours is still alive. Now, today. Oh, okay. So he must have looked old, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. That's funny. But then, I like that he dinked him on his bike. To yeah. the casino. <laughs> and Galatia's sitting on the front. <laughs> Are you sure this is the casino? I think I should call my manager. Your manager says for you to shut up! Vera said that? Hmm. Lisa's well, then worried because Marge hasn't helped her with the Yeah, costume. so she comes to Homer with help for the costume because the pageant was tomorrow or that night? It's... It's tonight. It's yeah, tonight, tonight, yeah. Yep. And she's had no help with the costume. So, Homer gets to work helping out. I love, love the joke here. Like, it's a double reveal joke of you get Homer, get the the welder out. Like, get this massive flame going. You're like, what? You know, the, the initial joke being, that's got nothing to do with the costume. But then the pullback, Dad, you said you're going to help me with the costume. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, honey. Yeah. Well, you think he's going to be working on the costume with the welder yeah, first. Yeah. 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 So, it's, it's two jokes in the one visual. It's very cool. And... He justifies Marge being absent because she's got a job now. She's a slight jock. <laughs> then we get the scene where we see the costume and it's just a mess. Yep. She's not a state. I'm not a state. I'm a monster. I love that Homer starts crying here. Yeah. Now, the, the gamble scene, take it or leave it. I don't find that funny. It's your favorite moment. I do. So explain. You've already explained why. I've already I explained that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, play, I'll play the clip. I'm not a state. I'm a monster. <laughs> No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. So Homer, as he said, runs to the casino to go get Marge, and he's yep. just running around like a crazy man, punches the Robert Goulet cardboard cutout, spins the wheel. Yeah, uh, lost his seven. Can't talk now. Yeah, <laughs> just interrupts the guy on the phone. Really cool animation of Burns watching the TVs and Homer just appearing on all the different on TVs. All of them, yeah. There's one of them where he gets really close up to the camera, like looks left yep. and right. It's just hilarious. But this scares Burns. He's like, we're yep. kind of a madman running around my casino. Yep. And this is where he sort of snaps out of it to, yeah. an, ex- to an extent. Yeah. He really still thinks the spruce moose is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but jars of urine. That's another Howard Hughes reference. So Howard oh, okay. kept jars of his own urine. There was a, a very long time that Howard became very reclusive didn't, and didn't leave a room. Oh, wow. Just stayed there for a while, bottling urine. That's and it's general common crazy man behaviour. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, the jars of urine. Oh, we'll hang on to we'll those. Hang on to those. Great acting from Shearer. The I said, hop yeah. in. We'll take the spruce moose. Hop in. But sir, I said, hop in. <laughs> Homer then tips over Marge's machine and just says the. I tried to write this down. You're gonna fertilize. Think before you say each word. The act. 
the delivery of this line and the camera work and the finger pointing. Yep. It's all so Panning goddamn good. Bit, yeah. yeah, like, you broke a promise to your child. I don't think Homer's ever been as dramatic or as serious as that one sentence. And mean, mean it. Yeah. So great. And the, the way he explains, you made her cry. You then made her I cry. cry. Then I cried. Then Maggie laughed. She's such a little trooper. It's such a good moment. Yeah. It's great, great work there from everyone involved. Margin realizes shit. You know her pageant. She um, admits her problem that she yeah. has a problem. Maybe I need professional help. No, no, that's too expensive. Just don't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Goulet is in singing um, Jingle Bells. Batman smells. Yeah, a nice touch that he's singing yep. a kids song. Yeah, at the Bass Casino. Knocks out Millhouse. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps in like Vegas mode. Yeah, as, yeah. He, as he's apologizing. Yeah. Then we get to the pageant. What was the pageant even for? Oh, obviously. School thing, it'd be like focusing on the state, so everyone come dressed up as a state. So, what's going on here? So, some kids are at Bass Casino and some kids are at this pageant. I don't get it. But what time of day? I don't think there's she anyone from she, Lisa's grade. She said this pageant was tonight. Yeah. Right. But I don't so, think so anyone. He, so, he's made the costume. It's only kids in Bart's year that are in the casino. Okay. And it's only Lisa yeah. and Ralph on so stage. He's dropped her off at the school, gone mm. to get Marge, and when they walk out, it's daytime. Well, it's a mid afternoon pageant. It's a school thing. Yeah. <laughs> During kids, the school day. Kids have got to get to bed. <laughs> Fair enough. Then Homer just pretty much sticks it to Marge. You have a gambling problem. Oh, hang, hang on, hang on. I'm Idaho. Oh, okay. Let, let's let's not gloss over this. I know, right? <laughs> it's a um, pageant, yes. I lo- the condescension from Skinner. And the award for the two parents, uh, the two children who obviously had no help from their parents. I'm Idaho. <laughs> yes, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Then we get to Homer and Marge are leaving the casino. Homer's justifying all the stuff that he's done in the past is okay mm. because she has a gambling problem. Yep. I like the remember that time I let the escape mental patient in the house because you are dressed as Santa. <laughs> well, that's okay because you have a gambling problem. Marge points out you're not allowed to rub it in their face. You know he says, "Oh, Jib." It was a nice, solid ending. I like that Homer forgot straight away. Yeah. Well, remember that time, Ma- Homer? Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, I already forgot. Right. <laughs> it was a nice ending. Wrap things up, kinda. Like you don't see what happened to Mr. Burns and all that kind of thing. But but that no longer has a casino the next episode. Yeah. But it was a good ending. Yes. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Yeah, I learned that you need... Like, legally, you have to be interrupted once every 75 hours. I wonder if that's legit. I don't know. I'll, I'll put it to the test. Yes. Stay for 75 hours and see if they ask you. I learned that you should always search the toilets at work because you never know what you might find. It's <laughs> very true. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mailbag! Okie dokie. Just a few short ones for the mailbag. Now, firstly, for the mailbag, we're going to kick it off with the wonderful impression that I mentioned before from yes. our birthday girl, Katie Long, giving you her very best rendition of Lurlene. Thank you, Mitch and Danda, for having me here. I'd like to try a little something different tonight. It's a song I wrote while I was mopping up dry blood and teeth. You work all day for some old man. Sweat and break your back. Then you come on to your castle, but you quail your cut your sack. That's why you're losing all your hair. That's why you're overweight. That's why you flipped your pickup truck right off the interstate. There's a lot of bull they hand you. There's nothing you can do. I said no one understands you, but I do. I said your wife don't understand you, but I do. 
was awesome. It was great. I love, she nails that you dry blood and tears. <laughs> like, she really hit that perfectly. That's my favourite lonely that, line. That's Holt. as good an impression as we've ever been sent in. But if you if you can do better, send them on in. Yes. Mailbag of fourfigurediscount.com.au For the mail itself, Eric Lutringer, uh, this is the one that you tried to spoil earlier on today. So, hi, Mitch and Dando, I will be brief. What makes this episode really unique is that Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Mr. Burns all have their own storylines, and the general plot involves the entire town essentially dealing with a legitimate problem, and their solution isn't unrealistic, or at least not too zany of an idea. It doesn't involve anything outside of Springfield. It takes place purely within its own universe, apart from the Rain Man. Um, Yeah. But uh, while the entire town is involved with the plot, um, bonus, the Mr. Burns Casino stayed abandoned until the episode of Viva Ned Flanders in season 10, of having course, only yeah. existed through the Golden Era. to blow it up. Yeah. So, so, for his point of view, that's, you know, for Eric, he's like, for that reason alone, it's got to be involved in conversation for the best episodes of all time. Yep. Fair enough. Madeline writes in, uh, Hi, mentioned Dando. I found a story in the news recently about something reminiscent of a Springfield story, although hopefully it turns out differently in real life. Going through Facebook recently, saw a news post about Disney seeking a pattern for robots, namely humanoid robots that could interact with the guests. While the article mentions that there is no word on whether the robots will actually be in the parks, one can conclude that someday there could very well be a a complex of robots in the parks. Apparently, they have never seen Itchy and Scratchy Land or any sci-fi movie ever or Westworld. Throw that one in there. So, um... No matter how many TV shows or movies we show where it goes wrong, people still want to meddle with robots. (laughs) Angry Armand writes in, um, Hi, Mitch and Dando. No, sorry. Hi, Dando and Mitch. My apologies. I love the show. It's been great listening to fellow Australians who share my love for The Simpsons. I was wondering which Simpsons DVD is your favourite. By this, I mean either a DVD from one of the collections or a specific disc from one of the seasons. For the record, mine is disc three of season five. It's full of great episodes like Bart Gets Famous, Homer Loves Flanders, Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy, or uh, plus Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy always inspired me growing up. I can't tell you specifically DVD seasons. Jesus, that's taken to the extreme. I wish I knew. Wish I could. Mm. Um, what about collections? Like what they do? Yeah, the yeah. collection-wise, as a kid, I loved. I loved Springfield Murder Mysteries and Springfield Simpsons Crime and Punishment. I think it was. The yeah, Springfield Murder okay. Mysteries had the Cape Fear on the front. But they were two of my favorites anyway. I had the one VHS tape. Mine? I've gone back old school. I have a plus feeling. The, plus this collection here from the the original Simpsons collection. There was like oh, Homer's Night Out. I think there was like ten or twelve of them. There's yep. like there's the original white cover. Videos that people might remember used to get in the video shops. So that's the Fiddy, first time the Simpsons were released. Videos, yeah. I it's not even in the shape of a no. I love purely because it's the only place I know of this footage actually existing. And Except I think for YouTube. I don't even know if it's on YouTube. It might be, but I've never seen. Anyway, yeah. um, I think it's the final disc of season one. Um, the bo- two, yeah. The bonus features involve include Nancy Cartwright voicing Bart on stage at like MTV something or others. Um, and it's one of my favourite bits of footage of all time because the co-host to Bart hates every second of it. And it's just brilliant. It doesn't even try and hide it. No. It's, <laughs> it's great car crash TV. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but yes, I love that. Just for that, just for the uniqueness of that bonus feature. It's yeah. a great disc. <laughs> so it's, good. it's a great disc to own. Um, now, we've got to wrap this up. We've got... Uh, other things to do, but cheeseburgers to eat, cheeseburgers to eat. But I do have <laughs> cheeseburgers to throw down. I might add, um, there was a I wouldn't say a Simpsons thing, but there was a bit of a, a bit of chaos in Geelong today. 
Now, yeah, I aware? read about this on Facebook. It's ended well, so I feel like okay. I, I, you know, I, I don't. I'm, but there was a for there was a tense standoff for about two hours, but and police had cordoned off an entire street as a guy um, had climbed over the railing of the top story of a car park and was kind of you know threatening to jump off. And it wasn't to, a bad talk. Him, bad cups. <laughs> they had to talk him down. Well, I was thinking leave the weapon. I, I wanted someone to handcuff themselves to be like, do you really want to jump? But well, that, like, like, what's that fucking movie of Morgan Freeman with the fat kid on the roof? <laughs> um, lean on me. Um, so, anyway, it, it was... I was sitting there eating my lunch not too far from where this was happening. So, there was this weird thing going on where I was like, I feel like I, I shouldn't be sitting here watching this almost for entertainment while I'm eating a hot dog. But at the same time... Eating a hot dog. I'm not going to get up from my table. <laughs> you need to go, hot pies, cold drinks. <laughs> but what it, what it did get me thinking... So, it's like a two or three-story car park. It didn't immediately feel like it was high enough to die. Well, that's what someone at work said. They said, would he die if he fell from... Like, if he hit his head. If he nosedived... He's yeah, gone. even if, if, he, even if you landed, point. even if you landed flat, you like you could bust ribs, you could do some internal organ damage, sure. but you're not necessarily going to die. So I was kind of sitting there, hoping that he would fall and not die. So you would get this moment of like, <gasps> and just get like this really embarrassed pain <laughs> coming <laughs> resonating through your log. And then what I'd pictured, like in my once I started giggling about that scene, holy shit, you don't want to be in a position like that. Hundreds of people around and I'm there giggling while eating a hot dog. <laughs> it's like a funeral moment. You can't explain what's going on in your head. Well, the, the sub thing said on the on Facebook, police are trying to tell people to stop filming it on their phones and go back to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the, then I was picturing like... Imagine you like what if he slipped accidentally and then fell and landed right on the points of his toes. Like imagine oh stubbing your pinky toe from four three stories in the sky. That'd be the most painful thing that you could do. That would be a family guy moment. Ah. Yeah, yeah. That's like he lands, doesn't break anything, just hops around in pain. Just, oh god! Oh my god! Just tries to walk it off. It's like, that reminds me. Like, Don't fucking talk to me. Just quickly before we finish, we're walking to the football. Myself, Nicola, and my friend Phil. On Monday, and there was a guy dressed as a gargoyle at, on the, at the oh, the like, just yeah. ones that don't move. A yeah, statue. yeah, pay the money and then they'll change a pose or and something. Nicola and I, well, we were discussing, and Nicola's like, Oh, look at that guy. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty cool, looks not bad. Like, we were discussing it. My friend Phil was with us, right? Yeah. He's working with us, assuming he's part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. We get up to within, I don't know, two meters of the guy. And because of the crowd, we start walking closer towards him. And mm. Phil is within arm stretch of the guy. The guy just stretches his arm out. My friend Phil just screams out, Oh my God! <laughs> Falls over, kicks the guy's money bucket, money goes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so, I looked at Nicola, I'm like, can we please just keep walking faster? I'm oh. so embarrassed. But there was just money. You know the sound of money as it's on the yeah. ground? Yeah. That was going for like 30 seconds. That's there, excellent. There was just money scattered everywhere. <laughs> Did we stop and help him? No. We no. Kept, I said, because Nicola goes, should we put the money back in? And Phil goes, fuck him. We just kept, we just kept walking to the football. So this gargoyle, we turn back, this gargoyle has the filthiest look on his face because he's just like, I can't get out of this contraption that I'm in. My money is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but just my friend Phil, oh my God. Money everywhere. That's quality. It was the best. <laughs> and everyone at the restaurant was just like, you know when Nelson's getting his pants pulled down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's laugh at him. <laughs> everyone was just pointing and laughing at Phil. It was the best. I thought it was embarrassing. So, thanks for listening to our review of Springfield or Howland to Stop Worrying and Love Legalized Gambling. Next week, we're reviewing Home of the Vigilante, one of my favorites of all time. 
It is so fucking funny, that episode. I love when they... I'm going to bring a sack of doorknobs. I love when they employ Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Homer's little hat. Oh, just so much. The giant tea. Malloy. It's just so great. So, as we said, we're about to head out to Mackie D's right now and get some cheeseburgers. Mitch is going to eat 14 of them as quick as he possibly can. I'm going to try. It's going to be going exclusively on our Patreon account. I'm not confident. Oh, Listeners that it. haven't seen me, I'm not a large man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 700 crusty burgers. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the sort of person that regularly sits down to more than one burger. <laughs> so, patreon.com slash discount. It'll be up in the next 24 hours if you want to watch it. $2 is the minimum to get access to exclusive podcasts, videos, and everything else. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? No, I'm just going to go home for sleep. Four Finger Discount is brought to you today by Podbean, the podcasting app that not only allows you to record on the go, but also upload from anywhere in the world on your mobile device. The Podbean app makes it simple to get started with podcasting. No expensive equipment required. All you need is an idea, and Podbean does the rest. So download the Podbean app now for your Apple or Android device and enjoy the freedom of mobile podcasting.